Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Let's go! From the IMLD Home Studios, in its ninth season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Your football party is live with your hosts, Jay and Dre. Yes, it is time to celebrate football being back the first full weekend of the season. Abbreviated football party tonight, only one hour, just getting our live picks in and doing a little discussion of the Thursday night opener first. You are listening live. Welcome in to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you on a Saturday night, September the 11th, 2021. A solemn day, of course, in America, 9-11, 20 years ago, everybody has memories of that, at least those that are old enough to. Uh, but we are here to brighten the mood a little bit, if that's possible, and to get into our picks for the very first week of football. And Jay started out the season in a good manner. I did not, as Thursday night saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers knock off the Dallas Cowboys, but only by a couple of points. They did not cover the number. So, Jay, When's that pick? You believed in Dak Prescott coming right out and being just fine, and that's exactly what he did. I felt good. Uh, that felt good, you know, getting getting the first win under the belt. You know, always nice to start one and zero, so that it's, I, I'm not going to lose all season. I, I'm, I'm perfect. Let's just let's just end the season now. It's over. I'm depressed. My perfect season is is over with. I thought I was going to go 18 <laughs> weeks without losing any picks, and, and yeah. now it's already busted. My bracket's already well, we all, busted. We think every pick is a winner. Uh, I, I give, That's I right. give. Uh, I know there was a lot of negativity out there about Mike McCarthy. It, it, while I, you know, we everybody knows. Anybody who listens to the show knows. Nobody likes making fun of Mike McCarthy more than I do. But I, I got to tell you, they they had the right game plan. Um, so I, I give him credit for that. I think he's a, a terrible in-game manager. You know, he makes some decisions that make you kind of scratch your head. But I think actually, like, putting a game plan down on paper, I, I think he does a really good job. It actually reminded me of the uh, game plan that they rolled into uh, the Super Bowl with when the, the Packers played Pittsburgh. You knew you were playing a team that was uh, pressure-heavy and had a dominant front seven, and they just absolutely refused to run the football in that game. They just did it a few times, and that was just the Aaron Rodgers show. Uh, shows you the kind of faith that they had in Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott to go out there, and he was, you know, he was off a little bit at the beginning, but uh, he was putting some balls in some really nice spots. But uh, boy, uh, you know, if I'm Tampa, even though I won, I, what I take away from that is maybe that back end isn't quite as good as advertised. I know they lost some players, or they lost two starters on defense during the course of that game. But uh, if you can't get to Dak in that game, if you can't get the pressure because the ball's coming out quick, uh, maybe maybe Dallas put something on uh, on film for other teams to look at. 
Yeah, somebody on this show put the whammy on the Buccaneers and said, yeah, you never know about that defense. They they might lose two starters on opening night or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez, I also man. said I also said Dak was going to throw for four hundo. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. You, so. No Sir Thomas all over the house. Yeah, I, I felt good on that pick. I did expect that to be uh, potentially some, some Dak time. But, you know, we we make fun of Dak time. That game, the whole game was Dak time. Right. And, you, and Brady just got Dak, the answer, so it was Dak and Brady right. time, really. So if you can get Dak time for four quarters, uh, you know, it made, made me feel a little better about what I saw, too, about uh, thinking that Dallas might uh, might be able to win that division because uh, they definitely looked the part, uh, especially knowing what's after them in that division, too. But right. just they, week one, right? So it's overreaction time. Exactly. But, no, it's... I think I I would hope I was uh, objective enough to always acknowledge that the Cowboys had the most talent on offense in that division. Uh, they had the best players. They, I just don't trust them to put it all together for a whole season. But for one night, they they looked awesome. They looked unstoppable. They definitely took advantage of Tampa losing those uh, starting defensive players. God, that, that Sean Murphy bunting injury with the arm getting trapped and bent the wrong way, that was uh, pretty gruesome. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, not meant to be for Tampa to cover the number, but they did manage to uh, eke out the W. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's it's a lot to take away from the game, but I guess uh, what you were just hoping for, you said you, you just want a good game. You just want to come home and be entertained yeah. by the opening night game, and it was a very, very good game to watch. It it sure was, and, you know, and then, of course, in the aftermath with the overreaction theater, you got people talking about, oh, Zeke is washed. You know, oh, we're so down. The the game plan was to avoid the pressure, and any time they gave the ball to Zeke, he he was getting his lunch handed to him. So I I had no problem with the game plan. Now, now in the typical Mike McCarthy manner, or or the, you know, uh, Kellen Moore, probably hand-in-hand, I mean, I'm sure that's a 50-50 arrangement, right, because McCarthy's an offensive guy. But yeah. I there was there was an, an air of predictability. I mean, and the problem, you know, so you start watching the game any time. We can go back check the tape, but just about every time you saw Dak line up under center, it was going to be a run. <laughs> and this they'd go eight nine plays in a row out of the shotgun, pass 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 pass, and then they finally get into the into under center, and they just hand the ball to Zeke, and he gets blown up in the backfield. So. Little little lack of creativity there. Um, surprised there weren't a few more, you know, running plays out of the shotgun formation. Try to get them out in some space. But uh, yeah, I had no problem overall offensively with with the plan. But that you know, the defense is gonna you know have trouble. And especially and again, Tampa's loaded on offense. Yeah, they, boy, boy, are they? And uh, uh, except for Leonard Fournette trying to uh, single-handedly gift that ball and that game to Dallas there having a, a fumble and then having that ball go right through his hands for a pick on their very next offensive play after the fumble. Yeah. Wide open screen. And he had space in front of him and he said, yeah, I don't want any of that. Here, just take the, take the football. From yeah. us. And th- but then you also have Dak, um, you know, throw a pick on that ball over the middle. Now we threw it into about four dudes of traffic on that ball, he threw to Ceedee Lamb that ended up getting picked. But I thought I saw some alligator arms. I, I saw a little for who for what on that play. <laughs> Lamb should have caught the ball. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he no, was, no, he, he, he pulled back because he was scared. 
uh, I'm saying that there were four dudes waiting <laughs> to uh, pile drive him into the turf, and I I saw I saw a little alligator action there. Just saying. Mm, I don't know. I, I know it went off right off his hands. I know it was right there for him, and he should have hauled it in. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, a great game plan because they avoid completely avoided the middle of the Tampa defensive line. They uh, tried to, you know, not engage in Dominican Sue and all those guys as much as possible only in the second half after uh, Tampa and Todd Bowles made some adjustments and get, got more pressure, got more blitzes going uh, that they weren't really touching Dak before that. And right. Even with the pressure Dak was hanging in there. So I gave them, I give Dak all the uh, the credit in the world. He was hanging in against the blitz. Uh, he was making all the throws. He tried to take off running a couple of times. It looked ugly. It that was about to say it didn't look good. It did not look good. It looked like he was running. It looked like looks like he was a guy coming back from a reconstructed ankle. That's a very good assessment. That, that's why you're an expert. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know Tom Brady just answering every. Uh, Every call, every play comes right back, does what he has to do for, for his team, and then the, the final drive, just genius, just throw the ball out of bounds on purpose three straight times just to run seconds off the clock because you know you're just kicking the game-winning field goal. So many other quarterbacks would have tried to drill that thing in the end zone at least once, maybe more than once, uh, risk a, a turnover, an interception, a, a goofy play you know, off of somebody's hands, and Brady's like, nah. Don't have to, you know, get, got all the records, got the, got the rings. Don't have to stick this thing in the, in the end zone and cover the number. I don't care about all any of that here. I'm just going to keep throwing it out of bounds repeatedly to run the clock out so that we can keep the field goal and leave you with no time. That, that was genius. Yeah, it worked. And, but they wouldn't have covered either way. That's, that's good. Yeah. Well, I was, I was hoping it was, you know, getting late in the game and, and uh, they, Tampa, I think really had chances. Uh, to cover yep, that number, did. the you know the wide open uh, passes over the you know over the middle, they got uh, did they get dropped or uh, there's one yep. was intercepted. Uh, that was and, that and, turnover and in drops. the end zone. The turnover in the end zone uh, late in that you know when Dallas oh, the got the ball. Yeah, when Dallas got was that yeah when Dallas got that ball back deep in territory and you know with when the, when that would have been what could have iced it for Tampa. Yes, that was a, a very familiar-looking um, formation, the, the Chris Godwin catch, where he was uh, sort of three or four yards forward in the flat. It was very Edelman-like, and he was wide open, and he's just going to walk in, and everything's going to be roses, except he gets stripped heading for the end zone, and, yep. and that would that would have been the cover. Um, yeah. So no, then Dak time would have would commenced. <laughs> Because there was still about four and a half minutes left to go at that point, but yeah. uh, I'll take it. That's one of one of many. So we only have 271 games left to pick this season. Whew. <laughs> the, the longest season ever is, is all the uh, advertisements will remind you over and, and over and over again. All right, I, I guess we should get right to it. Uh, but of course, before that, I gotta do the plugs and let everybody know where you can hear the show uh, on podcast and where you can find our picks. So for that, here's me for the next two minutes. You are listening live to in much less detail, the podcast, not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. 
To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, in much less detail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me, and is solely performed for our entertainment, as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the expressed written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. And God bless you if you'd want to copyright anything that we did. My goodness. All right. 270-whatever games, as Jason had, had counted up and told you. And we've got one in the books, and we got 15 more to go this weekend, 14 tomorrow and one on Monday night. So time to get right to the rest of week one, 2021. And we will start off in Motown, where the 49ers go to visit the Lions. The uh, injury reports for the game, a couple of defenders missing for San Francisco, Javon Kinlaw and uh, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, so they return a lot of guys off of those, those series of injuries that they had last year, but still not quite uh, 100% back. Uh, for the Lions, they will not have their left tackle, Taylor Decker, with a hand injury. So here's Panay Sewell. We heard about all his struggles uh, in the preseason, the big draft pick uh, offensive lineman, but he's going to get thrown right into the fire, has to make the start for the already shorthanded Lions. Uh, San Fran was 6-10 and 10 last year. Detroit was 5-11. and 11. 49ers are the road favorites. They give 8.5 points at the Lions. Yeah, uh, I believe in my season preview, I had the 49ers winning this division, and I spent about three seconds saying that the Lions are trash, and of course, that means I'm taking the Lions to cover this number. Uh, I, I think that's a lot of points for the first game. San Francisco, they did get all their pieces back, but you still got to put all the pieces together. Uh, you know, we're, everybody's going to be dealing with something this year that they didn't have to deal with last year. Fans, Right. You know, last year there was that sort of mitigation of home field advantage, and this year you, you kind of start to get it back. Yes, are the Lions bad? Sure. I don't think Jared Goff is just a complete dumpster fire. Uh, you know, he is one of the better-rated quarterbacks since he came out as a rookie. Maybe that was Sean McVay, but Sean McVay completely lost faith in this guy. So I think they're going to be able to go out, make some gains, and keep keep it close. I, I, I'm not taking them to win here. I just think that that number is too big. 
and uh, I'm going to give the point. I uh, take the points, I should say. I'm going to take the points and uh, take the Lions. What fans? The Lions yeah. have fans. When did this happen? Allegedly. Oh. Uh, there might be some people out there. About you know, 4, 5, I, I heard in I heard in Detroit you get uh, Lions season tickets now if you get the shot. Well, oh. oh, that I thought they wanted people to get the shot. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> as you hey, remember, that's better I, than that's that's better than uh, that's better than getting tickets to a game for buying a value meal. <laughs> now wait a damn minute. That's how I became a White Sox fan because they would have. <laughs> Sox tickets, which are Wendy's uh, Happy Meal. Well, not, it wouldn't be a Happy Meal, but uh, that 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 was a very uh, effective promotion because I okay. didn't have a chance to get out to Wrigley Field. I didn't have that kind of cash, and you know, Wendy's go to get a four dollar value meal and get a, a voucher yeah. for a White Sox game. So that's how I <laughs> got out to Comiskey and I, escaped with my life, and I was lucky. Um, as you remember, I came up with what I thought was a, a decent. Uh, Corollary last year, looking at, uh, inspired by, of course, uh, teams having no training camp and, and uh, right. with the COVID and whatnot, I, I wanted to look at teams that were veteran uh, teams as far as coach and team relationship, uh, coaches that have been with their teams, with their organizations for a certain amount of years. I thought they would have an advantage uh, over the teams that were just getting guys back together. And I found some teams that are really, really good uh, that have been together for a long time and their coaches get them prepared for week one. And some teams that have been with their coach uh, for a long time, but some reason their coach doesn't really know how to get them going for week one. Uh, Here we have Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers and uh, his reputation for having all these tricks and innovations, but uh, week one preparation is not uh, in his cards are up his sleeve because the 49ers are only one and three straight up and against the spread in week one, these four years that Shanahan has been at the helm of the 49ers. And now with uh, the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got the kid uh, Trey Lance breathing down his neck. That should be motivation for him. But Jared Goff on the other side has motivation trying to prove himself uh, proved that the L.A. situation was not all his fault because that seems to be the uh, the consensus. So, yeah, evenly matched. Niners don't always prepare well. Uh, both quarterbacks, I think that's going to be a push. I think they're both going to be motivated and, and try to do their best, and I think it's going to come out uh, pretty even. I actually concur with you. I think the Niners wow. should come out on top, and I, but I think the uh, Detroit Lions will cover the number and stay within the touchdown. I, I definitely can tell you with the, the picks being made this week that we're in the minority there, so I feel good. Maybe we know something the others don't. We'll see. The Vikings and the Bengals are next, and Minnesota uh, with Kirk Cousins versus Cincinnati returning their uh, starting quarterback who got his knee completely torn up last year, uh, Joe Burrow, and he makes his way back from his ACL. Uh, both teams will be missing veteran defenders. Uh, for Minnesota, it's their linebacker, Anthony Barr. And for the Bengals, it's the cornerback, Trey Waynes. Minnesota was 7-9 and nine last year, Cincinnati 4-11-1. And, and so the Vikings, no surprises, a road favorite. Vikings are minus three at the Bengals. 
yeah, it's tempting to take the home team here, you know, uh, get Joe Burrow back. I'm not going to do it. I'm still going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Vikings here. I think they'd be their best game plan is going to be uh, lead on Delvin Cook and, uh, you know, sprinkle in some Kirk Cousins play action and, and just go that way and uh, get the win and go run and hide. Uh, Minnesota is the better team. That 7-9 and nine last year was a really big letdown. Uh, they, I thought they were primed for much better things than what they ended up actually producing last year. I think they are the better team in this spot. Uh, rightfully so, they're the favorite on the road. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll give the points and take the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings are uh, famously struggling to, to generate pressure. So uh, you would think Joe Burrow might have it a little easier coming back from his knee injury, but I don't trust the Bengals to protect even against Minnesota. Uh, I, I think the Vikings go in and, and route the uh, the Bengals. I concur with you again. Um, I considered making this my lock. I did not do it. Uh, but yeah, I'm obviously high on the Bengals. I have, or on the uh, Vikings rather, I have them winning a playoff spot this year. Um, that'd be really, I mean, we're not supposed to look at necessarily look at our preseason predictions when we make our week one picks, but it'd be really, really hard for me to pick a team to make the playoffs and then say, but they're going to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals in week one. That would be a little, uh, (laughs) that'd be tough to do. That that, that would be a, a, a bitter pill. But zero and one, zero and one doesn't mean anything. Now you got seventeen no. games, so one a loss means even less when you have more right. games. But the one loss to Cincinnati that might mean a little more. But no, that'd be a nice ah, parlay yeah. to pull off, though. Uh, lose to the Bengals, but also make the playoffs. I think I should. I think I would get real good odds on that parlay if I could put that together. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, moving on to a West Coast team going east early. We always are wary of those. The Los Angeles Chargers visiting the Washington Potato Skins and the Clipper Chargers uh, coming off of that impressive rookie season for Justin Herbert uh, going against the Potato Skins with their new quarterback, Fitzmagic. And we know how I feel about him because I have Washington repeating uh, their division championship, but I also have the Chargers making the playoffs. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I did, so it's two playoff teams for me going at it. So I, I got a, yeah. a close pick here and it's uh close according to the spread as well. Both teams seven and nine last year and the spread is the closest of the week. Chargers are plus a single point at Washington. Yeah, that's so we get Washington minus one. I mean it's virtually a pick'em. I mean yeah, you could have a push. Uh, I had the Chargers making the playoffs, uh, same as you as a wild card. I had Washington out of the playoffs this year. But you know what? I'm taking Washington in this spot. This is a tough spot for Justin Herbert to go on the road, cross country, face that defense. Oh, oh, hey, 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 kid! Here's here's Chase Young in that uh, Washington, uh, you know, football team defense. And uh, you, you know, one thing I will say about Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a fast starter. Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick, his the Fitzmagic seasons that we've had more recently, uh, he, he seems like a guy who could really get off early. I, we don't know if it's going to last. We don't know if it's going to be, but in, in in stretches, you get like, you know, he'll be a top quarterback in the league for three and four game stretches before he goes and completely turns into turnover Bernie Sanders. And uh, and I don't think this is a good spot for the Chargers starting out east. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll give the point. Uh, Austin Eckler has a hamstring in, uh, issue for the Chargers. Uh, he's going to play, but he will, will be much less than 100% for Washington. Uh, they will not have wide receiver Curtis Samuel. He's on IR with a groin injury. 
but the Washington defense uh, probably is going to win this one for Fitzmagic if it if it happens. All the pressure that they've had uh, coming through last year, you saw that defense uh, gel and, and really push them forward to that division championship. Um, I've got a couple of uh, pro football focus stats sprinkled here and there throughout uh, my picks this week. Not a whole lot of them, but this one was interesting to me. Uh, according to PFF, the Clippers were the second worst graded team in protection last year. Um, so that takes into account not just uh, offensive line statistics, but they sit there and watch the games and, and dole out their particular grades for each play. And when you total it all up, the Clippers were actually the second worst at protecting, which actually is another indication of how special Justin Herbert might be, considering that he was very productive despite that low grade. But I, again, concur with you uh, for the reasons that you said. If you have a low-graded offensive line and their first task is on the road west to east uh, against uh, a Washington football team that really gets after quarterbacks and gets after really everybody on D, uh, that's a tough task. So, yeah, by a, a small margin on a low-scoring game, I will also concur and take Washington. So we're, we're three for three early on. I'm just trying to kumbaya. I'm just trying to shadow you. You're the man. You're the perfect one so far. So I'm well, I've got to the stay, lead. Uh, so if you just agree with me on every game for the rest of the season, we'll go in with just a one-game difference. Exactly. As opposed to me I see. going the playing, opposite of you yeah. and, and just completely getting yeah. shut out. So yeah, you get yeah you get one game back and then you're just like man, that's it. I'm just staying close. That's it. <laughs> Every uh, week I just make you pick first and then I concur. Yeah, um, <laughs> it'll be a boring ass show for the next <laughs> 18 weeks. Here's one of the marquee matchups of the week, which should not be a boring game: the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, two double-digit win teams from last year, Pittsburgh at 12-4, and four, but you were right there calling them fraudulent all the way, 11-0 and 0, and falling apart after that. And the Bills at 13-3 and 3 were definitely not fraudulent. Uh, T.J. Watt ends his hold-in. It wasn't a holdout because he was there. He just wasn't practicing and threatening not to play, but he, he ends his hold-in and gets paid, so he'll be on the field without any uh, preseason work. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills, uh, defensive tackle star Lotu Lele will be out with a calf injury. That may be significant because the Steelers, of course, starting with their brand-new rookie running back, uh, want to get off to a good start on the ground. Uh, Steelers are pretty big underdogs in this spot. I was surprised to see that because Steelers always get the uh, the points spread love, so this shows how people think of the Bills. Pittsburgh is plus six-and-a-half on the road at Buffalo. That does feel like an awfully big number. But you know what? You get to play this Bills team on the road in that stadium. This will be, for a lot of these fans, you know, their first time seeing uh, this new-look Bills team, you know, division champion Bills team. You know, these are these are things that, that they're not used to seeing. There's a lot of pride up there in that city and, 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 and that fan base for, for this team. So uh, I, I actually i am going to take the Bills. I, I don't think this is going much over that six and a half. I could see this being a a touchdown game. I think it's going to be uh, you know a bit of a back and forth affair. Uh, I like the over on this game, but but I think at the end of it, Buffalo is going to be able to uh, to come out on top. I'm fading the Steelers uh, this year, so um, this one's being more informed by what I feel about these teams going. And I've got the Bills in the Super Bowl. I think they get off to a big start here, uh, but this feels this feels like a this like feels like a 37 to 30 type game to me yeah I'm uh, very apprehensive either side of this because I also could see it a touchdown win for the Bills 
or I could see it a, a four point win. Um, I was wondering if it was a good first game for the new uh, Pittsburgh offensive line to get going because the Bills have a somewhat soft uh, defensive front. That's one of their big weaknesses is their uh, front seven is not necessarily uh, as stout as one might want. Uh, but I'm on the other side, because it's a bad first game for the Steelers defensive backs, uh, when you talk about first game out of the box, let's go against uh, Josh Allen and the, the third-ranked pass offense in football from last year. They average eight yards per throw, and uh, you know they're just going to go bombs away all game. And I don't think Big Ben in his very first game of the season uh, with a new coordinator uh, is going to make it work enough to keep up with the Bills. So I it's it's really tight, but I'm going to concur, and I also think it would be a touchdown victory. So not only are we kumbaya on that, but we both kind of almost see it as, you know, a seven-point win, which covers six and a half. So there you go. Um, also, these two coaching staffs are, are long-term with their team, so they have some history as far as who gets ready for week one better. And the Bills and Sean McDermott are – three and one straight up and against the spread the last four week ones. Uh, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, not so hot the last five years, three and one with a push. Remember they had a, a tie uh, yep. on, a, on a game straight up uh, to open the season, but only two and three covering the spread in those five games. So it, it, it's asking a lot to have Buffalo go over by seven. Like again, I'm kind of surprised that the Steelers are that big of an underdog, but uh, we're both going to take it by, by the smallest of margins. Uh, onto the, uh, <laughs> onto the uh, Seattle Seahawks visiting the Indianapolis Colts, Seattle at 12 and four the Colts at 11 and five last year. So another matchup of two teams with double digit victories, but boy, one of these teams looks really different because their starting quarterback retired in the off season, Phillip Rivers, and now the Colts, get to go to war with ooh, Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah. If you if you know how he's going to play coming out of the box after what he did last year, then good for you. Congratulations. Go put all your money down on whichever side you I have no idea. I don't I don't know what we're going to see out of him coming out of out of the gate. Uh the Seahawks are a favorite on the road. They are minus 3 at the Colts. Yeah, this is one of those type of games where you uh what, the, what do they call this a uh a known unknown, I believe that would be Carson Wentz. You, you have no idea what you're going to get out of him. The, but I, I tell you what, and I know it's going to be hard because it's real hard to do it when it's the, the person on the team who handles the ball the most, but you take Carson Wentz out of the equation, uh, that Indianapolis team is nasty on both sides of the ball, that offensive line and that defensive front. They, they can just maul you. Uh, I think that their game plan – unless they're just going to try to go all, you know, balls to the wall with Carson Wentz is going to just be to try to slow this thing down and, and out physical Seattle, which this isn't the same Seattle team of the past years. I think you can beat them up. Um, I like Indy to, to, to grind it and run and, 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 and limit Carson Wentz's action, maybe try to ease him into the game, some swing passes, some screens, some play action, get, let, let him get, build some confidence. I don't think he's just going to come out bombs away. Uh, I'm going to actually take Indy here as the home underdog to win this game. And uh, I would be stunned if this isn't the first game that we disagree on. Uh, injury situation for the Colts. Uh, no left tackle. Eric Fisher, the big man from the Kansas City Chiefs, still recovering from that ugly uh, Achilles injury that he suffered in last year's postseason. 
and they will also not have their cornerback Xavier Rhodes with a calf injury. So starting behind the eight ball with injuries and also, oh, by the way, Carson Wentz uh, had a foot injury that was supposed to possibly keep him out for the first month of the year. And now all of a sudden he's cleared. He's, he's ready. He's going to go. Him and his foot are going to be out there. So good luck with that. Um, this one is uh, going to be close, I think, because uh, the Seahawks are, yes, they're the Legion of Room. They uh, certainly can get uh, carved up through the air, but if if the game goes the way you say and the Colts don't want to rely on Carson Woods, they want to just uh, hand off and, and go to the ground game, that'll be a fascinating matchup because the Seahawks actually are still stout against the run. You know, Bobby Wagner just goes sideline to sideline and stops everybody. Uh, Seahawks are fifth in the league in rush defense last year. They only gave up 3.9 yards per, per carry. And I think that's probably is the way they have to go. You can't go bombs away with Carson Wentz right now, not only because he's new to the team, not only because he's coming off of injury, but because your personnel uh, for wide receivers are uh, a little short. You know, T.Y. Hilton is, is not going to be a factor. And the other guys out there, they got to get on the same page with Carson Wentz. There's no guarantee they're going to come right out and do that. On the other side, you know, will Seattle be less predictable? You know, hashtag let Russ cook. Are we going to actually let him go? They tried that at the beginning of last year, and eventually, you know, Pete Carroll just said, I, I can't do it. I can't take the stress of letting Russ cook. We have to go back to our normal way. We have to go run, run, and, and try to bomb away on third down. So I, I don't think I don't think they're going to do that at the beginning this year, but, you know, eventually they, they probably will get back to that because that's just what old Pete Carroll likes to do. So both offenses are sort of like new with new personnel, new coaching staff on Seattle, new scheme. Uh, Shane Waldron trying to lead the new offense. I, I got Seattle um, to cover the three, but this is exactly the same as Buffalo over Pittsburgh. I can see Seattle winning by like four and barely right. covering and getting out of there. So it's not like I have a whole lot of confidence in it, but I, it, it's Carson Wentz. It's, yeah, I'm going to really, I'm going to have a hard time not picking uh, against Carson Wentz every single game until he proves that he's something better than the drizzling shits that we saw last year. So. And one thing coming out of last year that I, I mean, I obviously, I want you to lose your pick, but if there's anything to be worried about, it's is, do we get road rust in this game? Yeah. Because oof, road, road rust became a thing as that season wore on last year. Really bad decision-making, but last year he was, unbelievably great in the first half of the season. Yeah, so maybe, oh, yeah, he was MVP of the league by, after week four. Yeah, <laughs> maybe something about being early. Maybe maybe he, we won't get road rust uh, in week one anyway. All right, on to Jets and Carolina in the Sam Darnold revenge game. What? Uh, <laughs> Jets were completely awful as always, 2-14, and 14, got rid of Sam Darnold, sent him to Carolina. Panthers are 5-11. and 11. A uh, big part of that was uh, their running back, Christian McCaffrey, being hurt and out for most of the year. He's back. Uh, for the Jets, Jamison Crowder uh, is out with the goop. So whatever uh, the rookie quarterback for the Jets is going to do, uh, he's going to have to do it without Jamison Crowder, and I don't know who else is left there. So it might get ugly early. Uh, Jets, four-point underdogs down in Charlotte. Yeah, I was really close to locking this uh, uh, one up on the side <laughs> of the uh, Panthers here. Uh, I, I do like this spot for, for the Sam Darnold uh, revenge game. And if you want to beat up on a team, you want to beat up on your old team, 
eh, it doesn't hurt that you got Christian McCaffrey. It doesn't hurt that the other team is completely decimated on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Sam Darnold with some, some, you know, legitimate, decent protection uh, can actually look like a good NFL quarterback. But the problem was he was so, uh, you know, under pressure on that Jets team. Uh, he, he, you know, that's why we call him Ghost Boy because he started seeing people that they just they just weren't there. And uh, I, I don't know if the Jets are going to bring that in this game. You know, this is a this is a tough road spot for for a lot of teams. But you know, it, all you got to do is turn around and give it to Christian McCaffrey. Let him dictate. Let him catch the ball out of the backfield. You know, let him get 160, 170 all-purpose yards. I was really, really close to locking this one up for the Panthers. I see dead people. Yeah, I concur, and I don't even have a whole lot that I want to add because it's the Jets. The Jets are, are yeah. awful. They're really bad, and the Panthers aren't all that good. But it, so this is one where they got to approve it to me as well. I, I'm going to have a hard time picking someone uh, to lose to the Jets until they prove to me that they're something other than completely, completely awful. So, uh, yeah, I, I concur with you on the Panthers. On to the Arizona Cardinals visiting the Tennessee Titans. They might break the scoreboard in Nashville on this one uh, as Kyler Murray brings the cards across to uh, it's, it's a, it's an early game. So it's, the uh, the west to east deal, except uh, Tennessee isn't all the way east, but they're east enough. Uh, cards were eight and eight last year, so they were fun bad. They were they were not very good, but they still found a way to win some games. And Kyler Murray was uh, a hell of a, a watch, very exciting. Uh, Tennessee, of course, eleven and five, uh, but stopped short in the playoffs. They they got that home game, and the Baltimore Ravens came in and knocked them off. So. Tennessee looking to bounce back this year. Uh, looks like they're both clean injury report wise. Uh, we got a cop out line cards plus three at the Titans. Yeah, most fun. This is we talk about fun bad. This is the. I will guarantee you, we look back on this game. We won't get to talk about it next week because you won't be around. But this will be the most fun game of the week. I, I think this game's got that potential um, to just be one of those. You can't believe what you're seeing back and forth, up and down the field type games. I, I am really interested to see uh, what we call it a new look Tennessee offense. It's really not a new look offense, but you just added Julio Jones to that offense. So yeah, it, it's a it's a new look offense. How are they going to integrate Julio Jones into AJ Brown and and Derrick Henry? And you know what's that offense going to look like without Arthur Smith? Is it going to be as you know as run and play action heavy? you would think they wouldn't reinvent too much with this offense. You you think they're going to do a whole lot of feeding of Derrick Henry and then just keep trying to open up for the two playmakers out on the edges. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think Kyler Murray and his team's going to get a lot of chances, you know, and they're going to make plays and I think it's going to go back and forth, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked. This one smells a little pushy to me but I, I wouldn't be sad, wouldn't be shocked if uh, Tennessee ends up coming out on this one, you know, by about a touchdown. But this one, I love the over here, but I'm going to take the Titans at home uh, with all the weapons. Yeah, you wouldn't think the Titans would uh, do too much. You're right about that. They got the new uh, OC taking over for Arthur Smith as Todd Downing. He was the tight ends coach for the Titans. And, I would snicker at that, except the last time the Titans moved their tight ends coach into the OC position, it was Arthur Smith. Uh, it worked out. 
I laughed at that when it happened, but it, it worked very well. So they knew what they were doing. Yeah, I would expect uh, Downing to not change too much, just hammer away with that big man, Derrick Henry, and then when the defense doesn't know what's coming, set him up, play action, and go to one of those two studs on the outside. Uh, and I hope Julio Jones is, is really healthy now. I mean, he just probably is the healthiest he'll be all year because it's week one. Um, he took it easy you know, all preseason leading up to this game, took it you know, hardly practiced. That's going to be, you know, the, the modus operandi for Julio going forward. Um, I hope he's healthy because Nuke versus Julio is a Hall of Fame receiver duel. Like, I, that's, my, how, that's what I think of DeAndre Hopkins. I think uh, he's on track to potentially be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. I know he's got a ways to go, but he's that damn good. And Julio Jones is definitely going to be there. And I think these two could have, uh, you know, 160 yards each type shootout in this game with each other if Julio is uh, healthy. And what makes the Titans, of course, so dangerous is Julio can do that. And then on the other side, oh, that A.J. Brown guy, he's not bad either. And I think that makes all the difference. That's what puts the Titans over the top here against Arizona. Uh, And, of course, Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter hammering away and putting you to sleep. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm kumbaya with you as well because I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona won won the shootout if you know one of those games where the Titans outgain the Cardinals by you know 150 yards, but at the end Kyler Murray happens to get the last ball and, and heaves one up for Nuke who goes up and you know mosses everybody and takes a touchdown and wins the game. So that wouldn't surprise me either. But despite that, I'm going to concur and take Tennessee and give the three. I think that's just a safer pick. Uh, but, yes, this should be a, a very fun game to watch and, and certainly has the highest uh, over-under on the board, and it, it might not be enough. Uh, so definitely I, looking forward I, to that. I love that over. Yep. Uh, on to the Eagles and the Falcons. Philadelphia, uh, 4-11-1 last year, and even with that awful, awful record, they, they win the division, right, if they if they win the Sunday Nighter in Week 7? Oh. But but five five ten and one would would have won that division. No, no. <laughs> just just putting out facts. Uh, so yeah, um, in Atlanta, not much better. Four and twelve. So there you go. Basically the same records. Uh, no, Rashawn McLeod at safety for Philadelphia. He's got a knee injury, so that's always dangerous. Taking on the Falcons in the dome, shorthanded uh, on defense already. Uh, Eagles and Jalen Hurts are plus three and a half at Matty Ice and the Atlanta Falcons. Ah, they threw the hook on this one. I, I'm still going to go ahead and take Atlanta here. I, I said they're going to be the fun, bad team this year. Uh, I still trust that offense. Um, you know, they've added some new weapons. They, they've they drafted Kyle Pitts. I, I'm sure we're going to see uh, him <laughs> all over the place. I mean, he, he he's classified ha-ha-ha as a tight end. Uh, he's not a tight end. I mean, there, there were, there was some highlights of him in the preseason where, where he was catching balls and uh, making everybody, even the small guys just, you know, blazing by corners and safeties. Like it was nothing uh, pretty exciting. Uh, what I think they're going to get out of him. So we'll see what kind of usage Arthur Smith, uh, you know, minus now 
Julio Jones in Atlanta, who they shipped him off to Arthur Smith's old team. Uh, <laughs> see what kind of uh, impression he's going to try to make. Is he going to try to bring a little bit more of that, uh, you know, ground and pound play action style, which I think for an aging quarterback like Matt Ryan, uh, to put him in some more predictable situations as far as, you know, being able to play action and read the defense a little bit more instead of uh, shotgun snap and turtle every time he gets a chance to. I think maybe that helps Matt Ryan some here. Mike Davis, that was a nice pickup um, out of uh, Carolina. You know, Mike Davis. Uh, where was Mike Davis last year? Was he in Carolina? I think he was. That's right, because he was the uh, the back who got all the reps when uh, Christian McCaffrey went down. So he was a nice yeah. little pickup. Obviously, Todd Gurley had to go. Uh, and I, I want to see Devontae Smith. I want to see what he can do. Uh, I heard he's pretty good in this, <laughs> uh, this Philadelphia offense. Um, you know, but yeah, it, it's all still a little new for me with the Eagles. So I, I, I think this game, uh, it, it does feel close. The hook definitely scares me, uh, but I'm going to take Atlanta and give the three and a half. Yeah. I, again, this is that one of those coaches uh, that I just, when I saw the press conference, the introductory press conference and Nick Sirianni just, uh, the, about the least inspiring, uh, introductory conference I've ever seen. He just did not seem like he was ready for this gig. Um, and your first uh, assignment is to go down in the dome to Atlanta and take on a veteran quarterback and, and his new number one receiver and Calvin Ridley and his new toy at tight end and, and Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I don't think the Philly D is, is ready for that. So I, I concur. I'll take Atlanta and give the three and a half. But we just agreed on one game. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Okay. So all right, one last early game. See how we feel about this one. Jaguars, Texans. Somebody's starting one and zero, unless they tie. They might tie. <laughs> that would be perfect, actually. Uh, but the one in fifteen Jaguars with their number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, visiting the four and twelve Houston Texans, who got to four and twelve with Deshaun Watson playing his ass off, uh, almost at an MVP level, four and twelve, and now he's not playing. So something's got to give. I don't know what or how, but some way, somehow, these two these two teams are going to play each other, and something's going to happen. I don't know what. Uh, Jags are already going to be missing their nickelback Trey Herndon with a knee injury. Uh, Houston, of course, is now no J.J. Watt. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Jaguars are big favorites, uh, at least on you know big favorites for them on the road. They are three and a half point road favorites at the Houston Texans. Uh, you know. Call me crazy, and I know Houston's in half-chag full of quit mode. I'm actually going to take the Texans to win this game at home. Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor, he's he's a nice enough quarterback, right? He, he's guided a team to the playoffs before. You know, Mark Ingram behind him, he's a, a serviceable NFL running back. Phillip Lindsay, Houston is bad, but Houston has at least slapped together the semblance of an NFL offense, where with Jacksonville, I, I have – I have absolutely no clue. I mean, there's part of me that just wouldn't be absolutely stunned if, you know, the Jaguars go in there and it's the Trevor Lawrence show and he just lights these guys up and they blow their doors off. But this feels like the kind of spot for me for if, if Houston has any pride, and maybe they don't, but if Houston has any pride, this literally might be their Super Bowl. I mean, they, they could pull a Jaguars. They could win this game and then lose out. <laughs> But, but you know, if I predict that, that'd be great. But I'm going to actually take Houston here as the home dog. 
uh, who who wins it? Who goes one and zero between these two teams? And neither one of them deserves to go one and zero. If you uh, again, if you think you really know it and you really feel strong about it, go for it. But I, I have no idea. I, I really don't. Um, so I broke it down where Jacksonville was twenty eighth last year in pressure percentage. They can't rush the quarterback. They can't do anything. Houston was twenty sixth last year in pressure percentage with JJ Watt, and now they don't have JJ Watt. This might be a quarterback shootout between Lawrence and Tyrod Taylor. So I like the over in this game. And then at the end of the day, what I go on, is there's not, there may not be much of a semblance of offense on Jacksonville, but I respect James Robinson. I, I don't know where he came from last year, but uh, he, he got it done, and he's going to have to get it done again because Travis Etienne already uh, tore himself up. Um, and the Texans gave up 5.2 yards per carry last year. So, uh, I'll take Jacksonville and give the three and a half. I don't know when I'll say that we, again this we year. We pick them all. We pick them all. Yes, we, we sure do. All right. Late action. The Denver Broncos and the New York Giants. Again, we pick them all. Broncos 5-11 and 11 last year. Giants 6-10. and 10, uh, Already not going to have their tight end, Evan Ingram. Saquon Barkley's first game back off of his torn ACL. We'll see how he responds. Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos are actually the favorites on the road. They are minus three at Danny Dimes or the G-Men. Yeah, I, I, I've got the Giants to win this division. Oh, no, I don't. I have the Cowboys to win this division. But I have the Giants to actually finish second in this division, and I don't like Denver. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants here at home. I, I don't understand all the Denver love. and This is, this is a lot of Denver love or New York hate for this game. I mean, is this Ted, Teddy Bridgewater makes you a, a six-point turnaround on the road. Going out east, uh, okay, uh, I'll take the Giants. Don't uh, overshadow your uh, main event part there, your your big message. You don't just have the Giants finishing second in the division. You have them amassing enough wins to make a playoff run. I do. You have them as a That's wild correct. card team. I do. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, the NFC is not very loaded. Uh, this is true. Uh well, yeah, Denver, uh, another game that hinges on protection, uh, who can actually protect their quarterback best, and New York protecting Danny Dimes for the Denver Broncos and, and the way they can come after you, that doesn't seem very promising. Uh, you might think the New York has a 9-11 boost. You got all the new, uh, all the 9-11 remembrances and everything this weekend. It, it's a perfect Giants thing to do to have all that memories and you know they're going to have a flag as big as the stadium and you know USA and everything going, and then go out there and and lose to the Denver Broncos twenty to twelve or something ugly as hell like that. That that's just perfect Giants football. So I'm going to take Denver and give the three. Uh, On to Green Bay versus New Orleans in Jacksonville. Uh, we've already did the joke on our Wednesday show that this will be the best game played in Jacksonville this season. So if you're using that joke this weekend, you owe us royalties. We already did it. That's right. We called that one like three days ago. Green Bay was 13-3 and three last year. New Orleans was 12-4. and four. Both teams uh, ran into terrific Tom and, and wound up bowing out in the playoffs at, at – I don't, I don't understand. Well, I do understand. It was the defense. You know, Brady's going to get all the credit, but, of course, that was the Tampa defense that went on a hell of a run. So now Aaron Rodgers is finally back with the pack, but Darius Smith has a back. Uh, so he's going to be limited tomorrow, rushing the passer. 
And of course, David Bakhtiar is not back yet from his uh, torn ACL. So possible protection issues for Aaron Rodgers. For New Orleans, there's receivers that have a chance to take over for Michael Thomas as he misses the first part of the season. Traquan Smith was one of those guys that had a chance, but he has a hamstring injury, so he's on injury reserve. So uh, maybe limited weapons for Jameis Winston in his first game as a Saints starter. Green Bay is uh, minus three and a half. I can't say at New Orleans because, again, they're at Jacksonville. Right, and it will be the best game in Jacksonville this season. So, yes, we made that joke already. Uh, However, the way I've heard the ticket sales are going, this is going to be more like a Green Bay home game. Uh, The the Saints apparently picked Jacksonville because they thought it was going to be the hardest for Packer fans to get to. Nope. Uh, (laughs) I wouldn't be shocked if this is a Packer crowd. Uh, more than 50-50 on the Packers' side. I don't. The Saints aren't really a team that, as far as I know, travels particularly. Saints, it's a regional market. They they don't play nationally. So uh, I think Packer fans are going to show up pretty much anywhere, and you put them at a neutral site, I think this is going to go heavy towards the Packers. I really, really wanted to be able to take, you know, Jameis Winston, the coming out party for this new new Saints team, you know, minus Drew Brees and Sean. show up with the Ricky Vaughn glasses, but, you know, all taped together, you know, now oh. that he's had the LASIK and he had the, he had the great uh, preseason, took that job away from Taysom Hill, uh, completely uh, eliminated all doubters that he should be the starter for that team. And you start your season without your two best receivers. Packers squish. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I have not heard a, uh, the word lock come out of your mouth yet. Am I, uh, did you, you are skip correct. it or are you still, you're still no, holding on? You have okay. still not heard it. All right. Um, yeah, I wanted to, to take wild things. I, too, I, but, I haven't heard it from yeah. you either. Uh, this is correct. Um, <laughs> yeah. First game post breeze, uh, Sean Payton can, can draw up some different plays with, with Jameis against the Packers, uh, DB. So yeah, I don't, think uh, Green Bay is going to squish them so I, I don't uh, I guess I'm not with you there I got them you know four or five six point win got, I got it close but I do have Green Bay I, I do have to give the three and a hook although the hook scares me um, I, I guess it's just a matter of trusting fully Jameis uh, all the way uh, show us that you can play a game without you know throwing a couple of balls that are just complete terrible throws to the other team uh, he should be able to do it with, with the LASIK, hopefully. Uh, your, is that your, uh, your YOLO ball? Yeah, please. Uh, no, no YOLO balls. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll take Green Bay, give three and a half, but I think it's going to actually be close. I think it's actually going to be a, a pretty good game. It will be, uh, but I, I think Green Bay wins by double digits. The Dolphins and the Patriots for the second year in a row will open up the season. Miami 10-6 and six last year. Uh Decent effort, but what? How much better could it have been if the coach had some more control over his players, oh, quarterback, and, and decision making? Um, and New England seven and nine, the whole Cam Newton experiment uh, fizzled out, and now is completely dead because he's been released. And they will start all over with their rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. Uh, injury issues. Uh, Miami will not have Will Fuller, their new 
wide receiver. He oh, has the uh, I'm shocked. Of, well, it's not injuries yet though. He's he's not got yet. popped her pads and he's he's it's serving that yet. last <laughs> not yet. He's serving that last suspension for, for PEDs. Uh for New England, the uh, the Nikhil Harry uh, experiment might be coming to an end soon. He's on IR with a shoulder injury, and Stefan Gilmore is also on IR with a wink-wink quad injury. He's actually kind of holding out. He wants a new contract. Uh, so Miami on the road, plus three and a hook again at the rookie Mac Jones and the Patriots. Yeah, uh, you got Mac Jones coming in. I, I would say if there's an MVP of the preseason, it was this Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, who was making all kinds of plays for the Patriots uh, yeah. in their in their games that don't count for anything, but managed to work his way onto the roster, fourth-round draft pick. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't trust the Dolphins. I actually have the Dolphins, uh, you know, and the Patriots uh, flipping spots here and uh, Patriots moving up and finishing second, and you have them even securing a wild-card berth, and I have the Dolphins taking a step back because I just don't trust that quarterback situation with Tua. I think he's always going to be worried about that little devil sitting on his shoulder, always waiting for the cane to come in, you know, and hook him off the stage. And, uh, you know, again, my lasting impression of Tua, my last image of him was completely, uh, you know, urinating all over himself in the uh, last game of the season when he didn't have that safety net because Fitzpatrick couldn't play. I believe he was a COVID sit out for that last game of the season last year. Fitzpatrick was, so it was just Tua with, one team, one game to win, and the team they had to beat was the Buffalo Bills, playing literally like for nothing, and they and he played one of the worst games that you would see at the quarterback position uh, all of last season. Probably the second worst game because the worst game was that kid from Denver uh, who, who yeah. shouldn't have been playing quarterback. So, but it was terrible. So I'm going to actually take the Patriots here at home. Well, I was impressed from last year by Josh McDaniels writing up a winning game plan for Cam Newton in that first game. Uh, yeah. Because, remember, that was the first game without Tom Brady after all those years. And Cam Newton is a completely different player, and yet they, they did it. They found out how to use Cam Newton best, and they knocked off the Dolphins then. And now here's Mac Jones. He gets the full boy genius treatment because he's much more like the quarterback that Josh McDaniels would want to use. So. Uh, I think that fits in perfectly. You know, Bill Belichick gets his team prepared, 3-1 and one the last four years against the spread and straight up. They only lost that surprise opener, lost to Kansas City and Alex Smith uh, four years ago. But they've been uh, clean ever since, so I'm going to pick them to be clean again and once again beat Miami and cover the three and a half. And that was almost my lot, but still not yet. Cleveland and Kansas City should be one of the games of the week. Uh, Browns 11 and five last year. Chiefs, of course, 14 and two, but falling short in the Super Bowl. But Pat is back, and the Browns are underdogs, five and a half point dogs at the Chiefs. Well, I'm already going to apologize to anybody listening. We're not getting all these picks in in, in no. an hour, folks. So, so this is going into the after show. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna race through this. Uh, try to get all of our picks here in the next two minutes. So. Uh, you know, those last few games, those primetime games, you're just going to have to listen to the pot. We're trying to get podcast listeners. See, we're, 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 we're enticing people. Teasing. Teasing. So about an hour after the show is done, after the hour after the hour, because we tend to talk for a while after the live hour. And so a few hours from now, it'll be uh, up. So listen in the morning, you know, listen, you know, I'll be listening to this show in the morning when I drive to work tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but for most of you who aren't uh, working tomorrow, uh, you know, just download the podcast and give us five stars on iTunes. 
If you don't like the Please. show, uh, don't don't rate us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I uh, what, what game are we picking? <laughs> Where Wait, were we? This isn't Kings of Non Sequitur. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought we were in Kings of Non Sequitur mode there. Browns Chiefs. Browns and Chiefs. Uh, yes, uh, another game uh, that I had considered locking up, but I didn't. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs here. You know, and you know, I, yes, I have the Browns winning the, the the Central. I have the Browns winning the North. Um, but what do we talk about with Kansas City? Kansas City gets bored, but Kansas City also gets up for big games. And this is a big opponent. This is this is this is Baker Mayfield. He's on every commercial you you can possibly imagine. Now that football season's starting up again, they've even got new Baker Mayfield commercials that I'm seeing him show up in. So it's like, oh, no, I, I don't know. I I don't know where all the Baker Mayfield love comes in for a guy who led the, I believe you said, 24th rated pass offense in all of football last year. Correct. But man, that, that's a lot of love for, uh, you know, he's clearly a charismatic guy. You know, he's good in these commercials. He he, he does his job, but uh, he's So is Trevor not, Bauer. How'd that work for him? He's not great at the quarterback position. Uh, or at least he hasn't been yet, like we said. They just need to get up to league average. I don't think this is the spot for that to happen. I think this is, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's back off the injury. He's got his offensive line back. You know, you, you want to get that Super Bowl losing feeling out, and you want to get it out quick. You don't want the letdown. You don't want the hangover. Uh, I think Kansas City comes out, and it's, uh, and I think they ball out here, and I, I think they light up these uh, Cleveland Browns. Well, it's dangerous for the Chiefs because uh, their coverage, their pass coverage is meh, the middle of the road. So if the Browns want to trust Baker Mayfield to to ball out and go through the air, uh, they might have success. They might have a big game in the air. They got Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. But that might be the the key uh, to why the Cleveland Browns uh, struggle. Here's a a pro football-focused stat, and it's a fun one because it backs up what we see, what we've been talking about when we see Baker Mayfield on the field with Odell Beckham. It seems like he's pressing. It seems like there's oh, no yeah. chemistry there. It seems like they're not making the connection. And it almost seems like he's a better player when Beckham's not out there demanding the ball all the time because it takes the pressure off of Baker Mayfield. Now, now wait and, a minute. I said that last year, and you gave me like one of those, oh, how dare you say this offense is better without Odell Beckham Jr.? <laughs> I just – because it's such a ridiculous thing to imagine because of how talented Odell Beckham Jr. is. But PFF, I guess, backs you up all the way. The the numbers and the uh, stats don't lie. In this case, they don't anyway. They're not for losers this time. Uh, well, not this. Well, only when you don't. Only when we don't agree with them is when the stats are for losers. But when ah, we agree okay. with them, then then they then the stats don't lie. According to PFF. Of all the duos, the, the quarterback to receiver duos that had 100 or more targets since 2019, the Baker to OBJ combo had a 72.4 passer rating. That's DFL, dead fucking last among yeah. all duos with 100-plus targets. They don't have any idea what to do when they're both on the field at the same time. And I don't know who to put the blame on because – I can see either way, both the you know both Baker uh, not being that very good at quarterback and probably not putting the ball where OBJ wants it, 
and OBJ being such a diva and getting in his own head that when he doesn't get the ball where he wants it, he just kind of tunes out and, and goes into space and, and sort of leaves the planet. Uh, they might both be equally at fault, but I found that fascinating. Like they are dead last in passer rating among all those duos that, that go to each other all the time. And you, when you have 100-plus targets like that in a three-year span, that's supposed to mean that you have connection, that you have chemistry, because otherwise, why would you keep going to each other? But uh, they, they, they keep trying, and it just it doesn't work. So that might be something where we see them out there on the field together, and it might be for the worse. <laughs> it might give the Chiefs wow. a, a yeah. better chance. Uh, Honey Badger was in trouble with the goop, but he has been cleared, so he's going to play. So that makes a difference uh, as well in the back end for the Chiefs. Uh, they come prepared. Andy Reid is one of those veteran coaches that knows how to get his team fired up and ready to go. 4-0 and the last four years, straight up and against the spread. Going with the Chiefs, still not clicking that, that button, still not locking them up. Uh, but I will concur and give the five and a half along with you. Now, to your point, you know, where does the blame lie? I, I, I'm going to lean more onto the side of, I, I would say it's a 50-50 blame between your OC and, and OBJ. I'm not putting this one on Baker. What, what I think is happening in those situations is, is we all know that Beckham is such, is, he's a diva, right? We, we admit that. He wants the ball. He gets petulant when he doesn't get the ball. I think that they force plays in it, and it becomes Baker trying to force the ball to OBJ to keep him happy um, in the absence of what might be the actual best play that's out there on the field, if that makes sense. It does, but my counter is just because they call a play for OBJ doesn't mean you got to force it into his ass. Yeah. If, if Baker was a real quarterback – he would see that the play is oh, yeah. something that doesn't need to go to that guy. That that guy's got coverage all around him, and he needs to find a second, third, fourth option wherever yeah. it is because that's a much better football play. So if Baker was a real quarterback, he would make that decision. So you know, once the once the ball is snapped, the coach has nothing to do with it at that point. Now it's the quarterback who's got to make the right decision, and, and that's yeah. Baker Mayfield is, is and, not the quarterback to make the decision. And I I won't even say that's bad quarterbacking. I think that's a leadership problem. And I think that's that sort of ties in with what we think of Baker, right? Like he, he he's a, he's a guy out there, but we don't really look at Baker. He's not like you don't think of him as like the captain or the leader or the guy who's going to be able to rein in a guy like OBJ. So no, I, I'm I'm sure if the play call comes in for OBJ, he's throwing the ball to him because you know what they can see after the game. Hey man, I tried, right? I tried. I I, I threw it up for you. And it wasn't there. The play call comes into Aaron Rodgers for OBJ, and OBJ is not covered. You think Aaron Rodgers is going to OBJ? Hell no. No, he's finding that's the somebody that's, else. And that's the difference. And Brady and Breeze when he still played, yeah. and all these other guys. Baker Baker's so. a quarterback, but he's not a leader. Man, that that was my whole hatred from him. His number one overall pick is a guy that should. Uh, engender a lot more confidence than he does. And so he, he's, he, he's like Sam Bradford to me. You remember how much I hated Sam Bradford. It was basically because <laughs> when I watched him, I, when I watched him, I did not see number one overall pick. I'm like, what, how him really? No, yeah. no. Uh, so Baker, that, my... this might be a bad thing to say, but you know, we see such similarities between their offenses and the way that they stay away from the quarterback. And that's clearly the success. But is Baker basically just the Kirk Cousins of the AFC. 
Yes, because I, I, I knew exactly where you were going when you started that at Minnesota. I, I knew as soon as you started saying that. Please do not trust the quarterback more than the than the running game. You have to have balance, or you uh, on Cleveland's uh, side, you have to balance it way more towards the run. I think Minnesota's the Cousins might even be a little better because the Vikings don't have to balance it completely on the running game in Dallas. They just have to keep it even. Cleveland doesn't want to keep it even. They want to run, 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 and then have Baker like throw every fourth or fifth play. So yeah, that's even more damning. All right, so we're, we uh, even though I've got the Browns winning this division, it's not a good spot. <laughs> Starting at Kansas City, you that's not had a good spot for landing. any team. No. no, 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 no shame in losing this one. Just don't lose by thirty-eight points. All right. No, no, I actually see a shootout because the Chiefs have trouble stopping uh, teams through the air. So I, I think Baker actually gets some, some yardage in the air and makes a, a, time. a little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of a late comeback there. Okay. There's some Dak time. All right. Nighttime, primetime football, Sunday night football, Chicago Bears, Los Angeles Rams. Bears made the playoffs. They were 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, Yeah. Rams made the playoffs as well. They were 10 and six, uh, much better showing for them as they go to Seattle and get a wild card victory. And I thought they had a good chance uh, at green Bay uh, with that defense, the way they did get after guys, but the uh, Aaron Rodgers had, had, yeah. no, he wasn't having any of that. No, that was, that was the, uh, that was the AJ Dillon show. They just rammed the ball right down their throats. I, that was, that was impressive what they did in that game. Uh, but that was also that, John, was that the John Wofford game? Or was that oh, Jared Goff had to play because Wofford was hurt? Right, because Sean McVay yeah. didn't want to use Jared Goff. <laughs> he would rather have used John Wofford. Yeah, that, was, that didn't go good well. The reason why Jared Goff is no longer in Los Angeles. Yeah. So the uh, debut of Matthew Stafford, the L.A. Ram, uh, for the Bears, uh, they don't have their defensive tackle, Eddie Goldman, I don't know what they were doing in practice uh, in this bye week after the preseason. I, they had the same mojo as the Ravens. Like the whole damn de- uh, defense is on the injured list and questionable to play. Uh, so with that, the Bears are big underdogs, seven and a hook, seven and a half point dogs at the Rams. This is normally a spot where I would uh, bear whisper, right? Bears on the road in prime time, big underdog. I, I would just take them straight up to win the game, but I, I, I can't can't do it. Uh, cannot do it. I'm taking the Rams here to uh, to, to give them all. Uh, it's not enough. I can't do that, it. Yeah, I just can't. I, I think that this is a, this is a Andy Dalton. This is why Andy Dalton is starting the season instead of Justin Fields. You don't throw Justin Fields in on the road in this spot against Aaron Donald and that Rams defense uh, for his first taste of, of, of NFL live, you know, real game action. Not talking about preseason, not talking about coming in the third quarter, the second game of the preseason and lighting it up and looking impressive. It's for real now. And this is Andy Dalton. He gets to go out. He gets to be the sacrificial lamb. Uh, I I don't particularly like that Bears offense. Uh, You you know, even minus the quarterback, there's there's Allen Robinson, there's David Montgomery. It's guys. There's some guys out there. Uh, They got the the kid, the tight end, uh, the one they got from uh, Notre Dame. Right. It's guys. Cole what Komet. I'm, Cole Komet. What I'm really interested in seeing is what Sean McVay rolls out now that he's got his he's got his toy, right? He's he just went from the Yugo to the Corvette. I mean, he's he, that's what he thinks. 
So we'll see if his uh, perception is uh, matches up with reality. And now that he's got Matthew Stafford and Stafford can sling it, and he's a pro. He's, he can stand in there. We know he can take it. He's a tough guy. He, he's he's overcome the China Doll moniker. Uh, he might be one of the toughest quarterbacks now, but but he had to go through the bumps to get there. And uh, that, that's an offense that can definitely be creative and put up points uh, from all sorts of weird angles. Sean McVay definitely is creative. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to just run circles around the Bears here. I'm going to I'll give all the points. This one I think is ugly. This I would be shocked if we see Justin Fields at halftime. Uh, Bill O'Brien did that, uh, didn't he? Uh, when Deshaun Watson, uh, I don't even remember who the starter was uh, initially, but Deshaun Watson's yeah. rookie year, they got to halftime. He's like, nope, I'm done. Get, get, this, yeah. get this guy out of here. Put Deshaun. I, I, I honestly, I, I wouldn't be stunned if it's twenty-four to three at halftime, and all of a sudden here's Justin Fields. Uh, I, I would be because that would be the coach basically admitting that he was blowing smoke up everyone's ass for the entire off season. Um, which he was, but I don't think he's going to admit that and, and put the kid in that early uh, again, especially against this defense. Like, uh, but I can see them being up, you know, three touchdowns at half, and Aaron Donald just eating everyone's face. And uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think uh, I think it's red rifle all the way because you got to you know got to admit your your that's your guy. You got to you said that's your guy. That's your QB one, Andy Dalton, red rifle. And yeah. I think he's going to stick with them all the way. Uh, even if it gets Road kill. 50 to three. Roadkill. <laughs> this is what Andy, Andy Dalton is out there to take the lumps that Justin Fields doesn't have to. Already not a, a talented offense, not, already not a talented passing game, going against the number one pass defense from last year with Red Rifle. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That, that's, that's my team, but that, – can't, can't, I can't do it. Man, I got to go with that, the Rams. And I got to give them all, and I got to. I think you just went to the sour apple Kool Aid, man. What, what was? Uh, what happened? Reality set in. That's what happened. Because it's Andy fucking Dalton. It's the. Oh my god. Well, okay, hey, so, what happened? So if this is Justin Fields. Are you taking the Bears? I'm not locking the Rams. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> Because Fields actually gives you an uh, element that yeah. What the, what does Andy Dalton give you at this stage of his career? Like what? Uh, hits. He can take some hits. He gives you red hair. That's all he has. Yeah, right you now. actually might see Justin Fields because Andy Dalton's dead. It might be Dumplin's time. <laughs> I, who's the third trigger? Maybe they'll maybe he'll Nick be Foles. active and uh, will he be active? Do they have Nick three Foles. quarterbacks active. Uh, I honestly. If I here, here's my game, here's here's my game plan. If I'm Matt Nagy and I'm I'm intelligent, I actually would have made Nick, uh, Nick Foles the number two quarterback for this game. And I don't want the rookie. Yeah, I don't want I don't want Fields seeing this because I think it's going to be uh, messy. No, you're right because if Fields is the number two and Dalton does go dumplings, then yeah, it's got to be Fields. Yeah. Whether you want him or not. So make Nick Foles your number two, right? Deactivate. They already yeah. hate you. They already hate you in Chicago <laughs> for making Andy Dalton the starter. So just deactivate Fields for this first game, and I'd be okay with that. I understand what they're doing. This is not the spot that you want to start Justin Fields. 
I think I'm with you. I think I agree with that. All right. So you, you'd even go so far as to do my crazy move and have Foles as the number two and Fields as the emergency guy? Well, yeah, because if you really are that committed to acting like uh, Andy Dalton is your best option, yeah. then why you got the kid as, as the backup? Yeah, well, yeah. I, have I, I mean, I want, I want two human body shields in front of my number one draft. <laughs> right. That's what I want. Well, if he's deactivated, then there's no chance that Aaron Donald can eat his face. So, yeah, that'd, exactly. that'd be the perfect game plan, right? Yeah, but I mean, and, obviously, and, you wouldn't be the most popular guy in Chicago, but you're already not, right? right they right. already want Justin Fields. Now they're going to want him even more because he's the backup. So I, I don't think Mac Nagy's as completely stupid as we think. I think he knows that town. Yeah, either way, uh, Earl Weaver has something that the, the Chicago Bears fans are going to say to Matt Nagy no matter what, either way. Go fuck yourself. It doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> that's what they're going to say to you. Well, might as well. I, I have to tell you, when I have the kids on next week, these I, I'm not going to be hitting these <laughs> drops. <laughs> Don't do it by accident. Don't hit it no, by I'm not going to play any. Not gonna, no, no Lee Elia rant. No Earl Weaver. <laughs> And that's the oh. Cubs. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when I was at that Brewers and Cubs game with my daughter, I took a picture of her, and uh, she had that, and that's the Cubs look on her face. She just didn't have the words for it yet. Right, because they gave up how many unanswered? 14? 15. 15? Sorry, I, I, I sure 15. changed them. 15, yeah. Any kid at that age would have that same look. Any and kid. that's the Cubs. Uh-huh. <laughs> My fucking ass. Uh, I got to cut that up and and have that just that one line, too. (laughs) I've been saying that a lot this year. (laughs) I bet you have. All right, time for your lock of the week. It's going to come Monday night with the Ravens and the Raiders. Uh, We were talking about Ray Rice. Uh, They might have to call him. Uh, with all these injuries to these run, I've never seen anything like this. Just running back after running back after running back, getting injured, ACLs, Achilles, you name it. They signed Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they signed uh, what other old guy that they uh, Latavius uh, Dev- Murray, uh, Devontae Freeman. Uh, they, all of them. They, they had to yeah. sign all of them because all their running backs have all gotten hurt all at the same time. It's crazy. They're gonna. Call Ray Rice. They're going to call Willis McGahee. They're going to call Jamal Lewis. They're going to call all their old running backs to come in at some point because this is unreal. And in the middle of all of that, maybe overshadowed is oh yeah, one of their great starting cornerbacks, uh, Marcus Peters, also tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Yeah. So don't lose sight of that as well for the Ravens. So uh, it, it's scary how how many injuries, uh, season-ending injuries, they've already suffered. And even with all of that, they're playing the the Raiders, so they're still the favorite. Ravens are minus four at Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can correct me on this because I don't have the stats, but my recent memory serves me, and it serves me pretty well, that nobody comes out of the gate more ready mm-hmm. than John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens. And when when Lamar Jackson has those fast starts and he comes out, he throws five touchdowns on opening day. Uh, you that he, nobody gets their team more ready than John Harbaugh. He's, you know, he doesn't win coach of the year. He doesn't get any of the accolades, but he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. He never gets out coached. His teams are never underprepared. 
you know, and again, everything's all about the indictment of Lamar Jackson, right? They've got him the offensive weapons now. I don't think the running game is even going to be a factor here. The, the Raiders secondary and <laughs> middle, it's trash. I'm going to take Baltimore, squish, lock it up. This is probably a Lamar Jackson in prime time, five touchdown game. They win this game like 48-17. I'm taking Baltimore to just blow the doors off the Raiders. I'll be getting prepared for Cancun. I'll be packing and uh, getting very little sleep because our flight leaves Tuesday morning at like 6. I don't know why my wife likes to make these early-ass flights. Um, and it's an international flight, so we have, cheap. Uh, they are cheaper. That's that's true. Well, <laughs> by a little, but not by that I'm much. Just saying, they're cheap. Yeah, they are. Um, and it's an international flight, so we have to be at the airport by four, which means we have to be awake by like yes. three, at least. <sighs> um, so I, but I'd still really, really have to watch this Monday night game because it's going to be very, very compelling with all these injuries, the whole running back thing. The Baltimore wide receivers aren't uh, 100% healthy yet, so these new weapons, they're not up to speed. The rookie that they drafted, Rashad Bateman, I don't think he's going to play at all. Las Vegas Stadium full of Raiders fans, finally, after uh, the COVID thing last year. They had the brand-new stadium, opening it up to complete silence, uh, to emptiness and whatnot. It's not the doubleheader, but it's still got that – creepy, goofy feel like Monday night week one goofiness. I I can't say that I'm going to take the Raiders to win the game. I'm taking the points. It just feels like, and I, and I'm the biggest proponent of John Harbaugh and the way the rate of the Ravens uh, have obliterated people in week one over the last uh, four or five years. It's just escalated. It feels like it's 50 to three every year and it gets worse and worse and worse. I understand that. And I'm, pointed it out and I think people are just finally coming around to it and but I'm going to pivot the other way because it just some don't feel right man all these fucking injuries and and uh Lamar Jackson's going to be out there basically the running back and the quarterback and throwing it to himself he's going to play all 11 positions himself apparently um it's asking a lot uh got a new uh like I said new targets I won't be there I just uh, things don't feel quite right for this situation, for them still to, to be a big road favorite like this. And again, very important, Las Vegas is not a complete tire fire. Uh, they were 8-8 eight eight last year. Uh, they were only 2-6 and six at home, but maybe having the, the black hole there and the fans uh, going crazy will, will help them out with that. Uh, but they're not terrible. They're not one of the worst teams in the AFC anymore. They're, they're, they're all right. They're, they're, you know, I'm not going to take them to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be contenders, but they're, they're not going to be walkovers. And yeah, there's just a lot uh, in the face of the Ravens right now. If they overcome all of that and still, uh, you know, like you said, five touchdowns by Lamar and, and just completely ball out uh, all praise and all power to them if they do it. But I, it just got a bad feel for me. So I'm, I'm going to actually take those points. Oh, you're crapping on my lock in week one. I am. I am. Yeah. So. And just to go to your point, Ravens 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games in week one. Yeah. And so not I, by small margins. No, 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 no. Those scores were, you know, blowout after blowout. And they just kept getting bigger. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, teams like uh, you always uh, used to rag on Sean Payton for under 
coaching his teams and not being prepared ever going into week one, right? We didn't even talk about that in the Green Bay New Orleans pick. All um, right, I forgot that I overlooked it. One and three in the last four against the spread. Yeah, you know, and that's always sort of been your go. That was even one of your go-to feelings about Sean Payton before you even really jumped on the stat. Like the Saints just show up small in week ones. I don't think anybody shows up bigger in week one than the Ravens do. No, it's probably a record. The the points, uh, the amount of points they put up in week one, the last three years, I think that's probably that, that there might not be any team in history that I'm sure a lot of sports bureaus all over it. The, they probably know, but has any team put up more points in in a three uh, year stretch in week one than what the Ravens have done the last three years? I don't know. Oh, all right. So yeah, that, that was actually uh, that was that was my uh, that's my lock. Like I said, my my other game that would have failed. My other lock would have been Carolina. I actually like the Ghost Boy Revenge Tour here. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I mean, do, I actually had that. I actually had that for a good portion of the week as my lock because I just is that a lock of Carolina or is that just the Jets? Are just, so the bad. Jets are awful. <laughs> they are awful. Yeah. And we'll we'll, we'll be awful bit for of drama. a long time. Uh, well, I, we'll see if Robert Sala maybe puts uh, some new, uh, you know. Uh, fear in that organization, maybe some uh, new intensity that they need. So, so sometimes that's what it takes. You get a new coach in there with a new regime, and, and that, that, you know that's what Detroit thought they were doing with uh, Asshat with the pencil behind his ear. Uh, <laughs> didn't quite work out for him. That's that's yeah. only got to be what five maybe that we disagree on. That that's not many. Uh, it was not many at all. It was one. Two, three. It's only four. Wow, four in week one. That, that might be a record for us. That's not many yeah, at all. I mean, it's five. Week ones it's five were, counting like, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last year, uh, last year the Ravens played the Browns in week one, um, yeah. and it won thirty-eight to six. And, uh, and do the two years before that. Two years ago. Uh, the Ravens played the Dolphins in week one, and they won 59-10. to 10. Uh, Let's see. Three years ago, they played the Bills in week one, and they won 47-3. to three. Uh, Four Ooh. years ago, this just keeps going. Four years ago, they played the Bengals, and they only scored 20. Uh, the Bengals didn't score at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And five years ago, uh, they beat the Ravens 13-7. to So four years straight of uh, absolute, utter week one just domination yeah. uh, from from the Ravens. And I've respected all, and, and I've watched it all, and it's been awesome to, to watch. Uh, so I, believe me, I'm not crapping necessarily on your lock. I'm picking against it, but – yeah. Uh, I respect and understand the power of John Harbaugh and what the Ravens get prepared for, but you got to admit they've never had adversity quite like this in any of those weeks. Uh, I don't know. I remember that. You remember the Ray Rice game right after the, uh, and I, and I I had the Ravens in that game. Did it? And they won with everything, you know, so yeah, John Harbaugh, he's a hell of a coach. I, I still think that that's the better team. And, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson's just got, he's got this, like, he comes out in week one and they've game planned and they've, you know, Lamar Jackson, maybe he's just, maybe he just needs 30 weeks of preparation 
before every game. <laughs> yeah, because the, the season goes on. It gets uh, it, the returns are diminishing on on poor Lamar. Yeah, but he'll. I think he'll be ready and he'll be coached up tomorrow, and, and they'll have a game plan. And and he's he's still got Hollywood Brown, and they brought in Sammy Watkins. You know, and they have Mark Andrews. I'm not that worried about the running game. I, I think this is going to be the Lamar show. He's probably going to have to run for a hundo by himself, and he probably will. Yeah, he'd be very well might. Would be interesting, but uh, yeah, I, I actually did not expect you to take the Raiders in this one. But I, I do get your feeling about this, even though it's the only Monday night game. Just the fact that it's out in Vegas, it's a West, you know, it's a, it's a West game, not quite a West Coast game, but it's out there in the West and. Yeah, those weird things that would always kind of go bump in the night in that third game or second game of those of those prime times that we always like we could guarantee it was going to be a weird game. Um, always, but it's, this is a more straight up uh, Monday night football. So Just the whole vibe around it with all the injuries. Now, but and now I need. Shit. But now, now you've got me kind of secretly needing to root for the Bears to cover that number because. <laughs> That way you can, you know, because you craft on my lock now. You, you could get out to a one nothing lead. There, there's no doubt yeah, about it. I sure could. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. It's, I'm excited. Um, uh, my work pulled the plug on our cable on Friday. That was not oh, exciting. No. Yeah, they just decided with our new internet upgrades that eh, we don't need it anymore. So I was I was forced to uh, resort to other means. Uh, so I can watch football tomorrow. So now I've got, uh, you know, a uh, you know a, a streaming app on my phone that I can uh, at least pull out and uh, pick up some red zone action, and or you know, I've propped up on my desk, <laughs> you know, if it's slow because it's going to be yeah. um, as we start approaching kickoff of that Packer game. I mean, you know, by two o'clock, uh, everything's a ghost town in Wisconsin. Sure. So. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be uh, man in the man in the fort pretty uh, short staff tomorrow because I'll start sending people home, you know, two three o'clock to get home. I'm sure they're going to want to go to a Packer party. I mean, it's a huge. It's almost like a holiday here in Wisconsin. Yeah, all every game. The this one's yeah, starting at, at three in the afternoon. Yep, with this being a three twenty five start, at least that means I'll only you know I'll basically get home early third quarter. That's not too bad, so I'll still be able to see the second half um, and then uh, catch the rest of the, uh, you know, afternoon schedule uh, and uh, definitely sit down and watch that Bears-Rams game tomorrow night. If you're bringing up uh, Lamar and how he might have a a huge... I might have to. That reminds me of my fantasy team because I have Lamar Jackson. Oh, no, wait. Do I need to change my lock? Yes, I've ruined him completely. He's going to get hurt. So, uh, if anyone wants to listen to my fantasy team, I'm going to read it off real quick, and I know no one cares about anyone else's fantasy team. I will be more than happy to critique your fantasy team. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Lamar Jackson is the quarterback. My two receivers, I like them, Justin Jefferson and Julio Jones. They're all right. if Julio comes back to be Julio, that's a that's quite the number two receiver. Only, um, but you got to be only expecting ten to twelve games 
out of Julio. Uh, Julio is guaranteed just, to miss time. That's absolutely yes. true. Okay. There's no chance he plays full a full schedule ever again. He, he's just too uh, beat up at this point of his career. Yeah, but when gonna, he plays. Oh, yeah. He might get some of those DNP olds uh, next to his name. <laughs> but, but when he goes, he's still awesome. Um, I had the number two overall pick uh, this draft. I got lucky there. So I was able to take Dalvin Cook with that number two pick as my so who is first running one? back. Pretty sure it was uh, McCaffrey. Me. I was going to say, okay. So that, that's taking that. a big gamble, at number one, with him coming off the injury. But, but he's, he's, he's about as good as it gets when, he, yeah, when he's, he's out he, there. He, he does it all. As, yeah. You pencil him in, you, you could do worse. So, yeah, no, Dalvin Cook is a uh, – yeah, but not Derrick Henry. I, I had the – those choices there too, because the, yeah. I almost clicked on uh, Henry. I almost clicked on Alvin Kamara, but at the end, I was like, I, I'm, I, I'm I almost love, wondering I love if you. Be, I'm almost wondering if because you know that you, you've sort of get the Tennessee, you know, they're clearly your your second, right? You, you know, you've you've definitely adopted them living down there. You know, right? I can tell you know that you know. You, I believe on the last show you even uh, snuck in that you called yourself a Titans fan. I was like, whoa, oh, oh. Um, it was okay. Yeah, called him my you know, I mean, I, I, yeah, I have, uh, I have split rooting interests, so you know that's well documented you know, between Falcons and the Packers, and uh, you know it, it's good, that's good. You know, you got your new adapted team. They're, they're very, you know, that you can like. They're very easy to like, but uh, I, I'm almost glad that you didn't take Derrick Henry because I think somewhere in the back of your brain you knew you were going to ruin your team. That, that's not necessarily true because I had Derrick Henry last year and he, he definitely oh, wasn't okay. ruined. Uh, okay, the, the you didn't hurt him. Pro- you didn't get him hurt. You didn't pull an Alex Reyes, talk him up on the show, and then he oh, blows his arm out. My guy. I had Cook and Henry uh, last year, and they took me very far until I ran into Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, and that's probably what made Uh-oh. me draft Lamar Jackson the quarterback this year. Um, so Cook was my first running back at two um, – Teaming him up with the uh, the Steelers rookie Najee Harris. So, we'll, so you know, I'm a big fan of, of Najee Harris coming right oh, out of the box. I, and, I can tell. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm the only person in the league that drafted two rookies. I had to take your boy, the the, the tight end, Mr. Pitts. I had to do it. Oh man, did you see some of his uh, preseason? I, oh, I, I saw a couple of highlights. It's just uh, a beast, bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that's called matchup problem. <laughs> yeah, you sh- you should not be listed as a tight end and be able to run that fast. Yeah, I mean like, that who, is who's a... picking him? R- right, I mean you can't put go a linebacker line... on him. He's running, he's running past him. Yeah, you, you put a yeah you put a put a safety on him. He's just going to outmuscle him. Yeah, throwing him in the stands. So like, what the yeah. hell? So I I think that's a nice toy. I'm I'm excited. Um, to see what uh, Atlanta's offense can do with him. He's, he's got to be, you know, almost in like, he's basically like a modern era sort of Jimmy Graham type threat, but I don't even think Jimmy Graham was as gifted as uh, like athletically what Kyle Pitts is, but he's, he's going to be a red zone threat just automatically, right? Like you, if you're not going to him in the red zone, you're just brain dead. 
he's not as muscular as Gronk, but he's young Gronk to me. Like he's going down the field and he's catching the ball and there's literally nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You can all you can yeah. do is sit there and watch it happen. Yeah. And, and Atlanta, you know, was losing Julio, they lost a lot of the physicality at, at the receiver position, but they kinda got they got fleas now, right? With Ridley and Gage and some of the you know they, they they got Pitts, who's this just this imposing gigantic target now for Matt Ryan, and then lots of little fast guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't dislike the uh, the Falcons' offense even without fun, Julio fun Jones. Bad. Fun bad. <laughs> there you go. Your, your fun bad team. Uh, so we get one flex in this league, and so whatever week I want to use uh, any of these uh, following bench players, I got do I got four. Receivers and two running backs on my bench. My running backs are Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon. And my receivers on my bench are Jerry Judy, Marquez Callaway, Marquise Brown, and Jacoby Myers up in New England. I like your my bench. I like your two running backs more than your receiver backups. Okay. Uh, uh, you, you, know, I, you don't I, know what you're going to get out of Jacoby Myers just because when you have a rookie come in, Right, so you have Mac Jones coming in. I think it's going to take a few weeks for you to figure out who his favorites kind of are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, so that one I'm not so. But obviously, a lot of those guys that you listed off, those are prime waiver wire fodder too. Those, those are guys that you could easily like replace and upgrade as you get into the meat of the schedule. Myers is an upgrade. I didn't draft him. Someone cut him a few days ago, and I picked him up uh, to ah. replace my last receiver, who was uh, the Detroit Lions' Tyrell Williams. So I okay. personally think that's, uh, that's, so that's so an upgrade just, because I don't, yeah. you're just I don't know what the, the hell golf's going to do. Yeah, right. you're just playing the last man on your roster stuff right there. Like, I, if I need all of these guys, I'm losing. <laughs> uh, yeah, these guys are all uh, bye week uh, fill-ins, basically. Okay. So. And your defense, do you get it, you know, or do you do an IDP yet, or – no, it's team defense, uh, L.A. Rams. Uh, well, yeah, that, that definitely like them this week. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the kicker is Brandon McManus of Denver. My rule for kicker is uh, there's two of them. One is last pick of the draft, no matter what. Yes. I refuse to pick a kicker before the last pick. And number two is whoever's left uh, for the kickers when it gets to me, whoever the Denver kicker is, if they're available, that's who I take. Because wow. it's Denver. This goes back to Jason Elam. This is just take the Denver kicker because they're in that thin air. They always take the Denver kicker. I I yeah. remember I haven't played fantasy in a few years. I thought about you know a few weeks ago. I thought about asking you like yeah you know any leagues going on anything you want to get it. That didn't get into it, but I remember I had a run where I had I, I just kept taking the same kicker every year and I'd take him in the last round and I would win a ton and it was I always had Steven Hauschka he was always my kicker sure every year Seattle Seahawks and uh and then I remember the one year uh, I had uh Seabass oh yeah Janikowski yeah and I drafted him as my did take him in the second round uh but I drafted (laughs) him I drafted him as my kicker Oh, he, he was a, a hell of a kicker. He, he came as close to being worth a second-round pick, I think, as a place kicker could. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the last time I actually played fantasy was when I just mic-dropped and I won the, both the leagues that year. I won the league that we played with 
Renard and Cass, and I won the Which league. We were the only two that showed up well. to the draft. Uh, yes, and I. But hey, they still. You know what? I will say that. But we weren't playing dead teams every week. Uh, obviously not, because I couldn't make the finals. You you made right, it. People, I got knocked out. But I I won both leagues that year, and I just you know. All right, well, I, pulled my, I pulled an Elway, right? Yeah, I pulled an Elway. I just like rolled off into the sunset. Like goodbye, guys. Of, not gonna, not gonna do, not gonna do much better than that. I did like uh, you sent me a few weeks ago on Twitter about somebody trying uh, a Buster League. Uh, yes, something That's, else. I had to laugh at that. Something yeah, else they, that we uh, they call it loser you know, league. Yeah, something else that we sort of presaged, right? And I was this close to joining it just to see if I could, but I, with these two trips coming up, I don't think I could keep up yeah. and have the time for all of that. Uh, but maybe yeah, next you year, and I, maybe we both get in next year. Yeah, we should, because you and I, uh, I think we're pioneers uh, coming up with that idea. You want to pick some losers? We'll show you how to pick some losers, because we can do that for sure. Right. But we made it so that, you know, obviously you and I just went head to head against each other just to sort of test it out for like the scoring rules. But right. it worked. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we penalized. Uh, you wanted to be bad, but you had to play. So it wasn't just enough, you know, to, to go out there and, and be awful, but you didn't get any playing time. You had to actually be consistently bad and, you know, like like Carson Wentz would have been a number one <laughs> pick last year, right? Well, we didn't know like how he would bad have been he would be MVP, last year, but he'd be a number until one pick he got this benched. year. He got benched. Uh, yeah, I don't know who the number one pick going into this season um, he'd be, would he'd have be been. It, it, it's possible. I, I still think he's in a much better situation. Him or Dalton. Oof. Yeah, but Dalton's going to get benched, so you got to think about that. So he doesn't have the longevity of being – bad, you know, for a long time. But this coach is a fuckwad, so he might play him all year. Yeah. He might not get benched. No, you'd have to you'd have to think a little bit more like the long game, like Tyrod Taylor, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, or somebody who's on a bad team, but you know they're still going to, like, screw up, you know, enough, you know, like Joe Burrow, who's probably – he's going to have those games where he – like really does well, but he's going to have some of those those really bad games. He's going to fumble. He's going to get sacked a lot. You know, he's going to throw some picks. So that's a Jared Goff, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Wilson uh, with the Jets. He has no targets. Uh, that's going to be <laughs> that is Who's going to be to? something. That's going to be something special. Are, are they <laughs> going to take a quarterback two years in a row in the? In the because you know, I think the Jets and the Texans are probably fighting already for that number one pick. Uh, or the, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Or the Bengals. I don't. I don't think the Bengals are very good. No, Maybe. the Bengals are probably picking top five, top six. I mean, there's there, there's a you know there's there's a handful of teams that can truly be special bad this year. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, we, I, I, I don't want to get bold, but I I think the Seahawks could be. uh, You were talking about that. I'm calling it. I said last place. I could see them being a 4-5 win team. You you really should go and and go against them on the the Ben and GM app. There's always that 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 surprises you. You Last year, it was Minnesota for me last year. Minnesota, I thought, was going to be really good, and and it's, it's never happened for them. 
Yeah. Oh, that that's uh, you know the Buster League guys, and you know you get Kirk Cousins in the middle rounds because you know he's always yeah. good for some terrible teams. You get Fitz Magic in there. Man, uh, you know, I yeah, would have Taysom. I'd have Taysom Hill as my flex because he's <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna fumble a lot because he just you know. He does fumble you know, a lot. Cause, and Sean Payton still thinks he's the smartest guy in football. He's still going to try to force his toy into the game. Yeah, Taysom's still going to be out there uh, for many plays, I'm sure. But that was so insane last year. You see, you know, the Saints get to the red zone and, you know, the veteran Drew Brees leading his team, being the, the captain, leading the charge. And then next thing you know, you look up and Brees is now in the slot. Because yeah. Taysom Hill has checked in and he's taking a snap and it's like, what the hell are they doing? What? Uh, it, it was, it was, yeah. Uh, Sean Payton definitely thinks he's the the, the smartest guy in, in the room, and any room he walks in. Um, I'm, I'm I'm familiar with that conceit, so I, I understand it. But <laughs> yeah, Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. He's just not. Uh, no, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll to... I'm glad they I'm glad they went with uh, with Jamison. And uh, we get to play some, you know, we, we get to roll out the wild thing this year. And like I said on the uh, NFC uh, preview show, that's my backup quarterback for, for fantasy. I took Jameis in the next to last round. I'm like, what the hell? You know? if, the, if you got him in the next to last round of the whole draft, that could be a steal. And another uh, indictment uh, of Mr. Baker, undrafted. So wow. That's what we think of him. Man, undrafted. Well, twenty fourth passing offense in the league. They yeah, clearly no, no. I, like I, I their team more when they use him less. And it's he's not a crazy. huge runner, right? So he's not going to no. get you big rushing stats. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Lamar Jackson. You got to look at those things. That clearly, the coaching staff doesn't really care for him. Um, Let's see, I was trying to see who's uh, – uh, there's actually more people that own uh, – I'm looking at the people in our league that are not owned and how high a percentage uh, of those guys are rostered on other teams. And Matt Ryan wasn't drafted. Trevor Lawrence wasn't that's drafted. Stunning. I am, I yeah, am stunned. I, I, I take that back. Lawrence was drafted and he's already been cut. Oh, um, but Matt Ryan – He's going to put up numbers. Matty Ice uh, was not drafted. Yeah. Um, and Baker and uh, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so it's uh, it's going to be interesting. This is a uh, it's a pay league. It's you know not a lot of money on the line, but it is a money league. So these guys, you would think, uh, really know their stuff. Uh, I think the draft was really good. I don't think there was too many uh, goofy off the wall. Uh, type picks. I think it was pretty straightforward, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Now I'm behind the eight ball already in week one because the fucking Uh-oh. opponent had uh, Amari Cooper. Yeah. Man, so they didn't have like Rock and Godwin or that's bad enough. Just Coop. Coop was yeah. uh, thirty uh, thirty two point four. At least he didn't have Dak. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it could have been worse, but yeah. Uh, Guys used one guy against me. He's up by thirty-two point thirty points. <laughs> now I'm not gonna. I'm not saying this isn't a homer in me at all. But I, I I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say Matt Ryan uh, will be a top ten fantasy quarterback this year. Ooh, 
That was a hot take. Top ten. Not a, I mean, I'd say he's going to be a top ten quarterback. He's going to be a top ten fantasy Fantasy, sure. So think about it. They're going to be playing from behind. They're going to have to throw a lot. They've got a terrible defense. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts, and he has got weapons all over the place. Matt Ryan stays healthy. He's a top 10 producing fantasy quarterback. And having Arthur Smith take over is a more, you know, obviously conservative play call when you look at his uh, Tennessee track record. But Matty Ice being the vet, and I'm sure when crunch time comes, he's just going to ball out and do what he does. It's not going to be uh, something where he's looking at the coach and saying, oh, we got to check down, we got to do this and that. No, when it's fourth quarter time, basically Arthur Smith is going to have to step back and, and let Matt sort of coach the team because he's been there so long. you, you got to give him right. that perspective. Yeah, he's, he's, he's superior in the two-minute drill, right? I mean, if you if you got if you got 30 seconds on the clock and you need to get into field goal range, I want that guy. It. I want that guy. We've watched him. Uh, I remember that game they played against the Bears where yeah, yeah. they got the ball back with like 16 seconds left on the clock, and he got him to field goal range. Yeah, I, I had a, a PTSD flashback when you started talking about uh, the 30 uh, seconds. He can get you in the field goal range. I'm like, yes, Uh-oh. I remember. Uh-oh. Did you start getting the shakes? I, I remember it. I remember it very well. So, so yeah, he just kept I throwing mean, the same 15-yard out, and it's like, will you stop him? God, <laughs> somebody stop that. Well, that's like the end of the uh, uh, Tampa-Dallas game. I don't know what that coverage was, but you know they don't have any timeouts. They're going to be throwing towards the sideline, and they go single right. coverage out on it. People want to talk about Godwin. Push. It doesn't matter. You You schemed yourself to that loss by going single coverage on the outside when you could only go to the sideline. Oh, the push-off, which was sort of a yeah. muscle push-off, not really a yeah. big push-off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, did the guy go flying out of the screen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he flew off the screen. But that's still, that's a scheme failure that you had one guy out on an island and you knew exactly what the play was going to be. It wasn't like Godwin was going to just try to blow past him and go hit the home run and go deep and score the touchdown. You didn't have time to start. You you just could go to the sideline, keep moving down the field, get into field goal range, and they let them have the one play you can't let them have. Uh, that's the Cowboys conundrum with that uh, back end that has issues sometimes. That you, you you if you do let them if you do Damn. play a different coverage yeah. and let them go, he he does go all the way. Well, let's also uh, not forget this is Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn on the same coaching staff. Yeah, you said it's going to so be much, uh... it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> I mean, Cowboys uh, might only go nine and eight. I don't think nine. I think nine and eight wins that division. So, yeah, but then you got the Giants as a wild card as what eight and nine? Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> nine and eight with a tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, that's yeah. that, I'm, I'm interested in some of these games now. I, you know, this is the this is the thing I hate about this show. Now I'm more interested in games I shouldn't be giving a crap about. I should not have any interest in seeing Giants Broncos, and now I do. And I shouldn't be nearly as interested in the Monday Nighter as I'm going to be now uh, oh, because yeah. of these no picks. Knowing that you crapped on my lock. Uh-huh. So that's what this show does to us. Like well. We agree on the good games. Don't blame the show. We love football. That, that's our that's fault. That's right. That, that, that's true. I'm, I'm going to have 
uh, three hours of red zone tomorrow to start my day, and I'll, I will be a happy, happy person. And I'll be watching my local games and uh, yeah, the big time games at uh, three o'clock in the in both the windows. So definitely be full of football tomorrow. I'll be all filled but up. You, by the time you get to watch that Tennessee Arizona game pretty much in its oh, yeah. entirety. Does it get oh, better yeah. than that? That that might be the game of the day. And, and you, I'm guessing Packers Saints is going to be your afternoon game. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty so, sure. Yeah, you you got a pretty good local setup, a really good local mix uh, tomorrow. I'll be all full by the time the uh, Sunday nighter comes and the Rams beat the hell out of the Bears and send us all to bed very early. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? This has been uh, one long week of talking football, right? But it's been fun. Yeah. Well, the football party, the, the way it normally works, is, is two hours on Saturday night. We re- recap the previous week's action, and then we make our picks for the upcoming week. So that's our normal uh, our right. normal schedule. Uh, but next week will be uh, an, an aberration because you get a very special show with uh, with the Q Factors. Yeah, and probably be an abridged show. I don't think it's going to be a football party. I don't think it's going to be a two-hour show. Um, but I've already told told them, be prepared. They're going to co-host. My daughter's like, what does that mean? I'm like, it just means <laughs> we, we, we're going to talk. What are we going to talk about? Whatever, whatever we want to. It's our show. It's the Hostile Takeover. It's NXT. Oh Lord! <laughs> Maybe I, I'm going to go in and even like change the theme music for the hostile takeover. <laughs> uh, you're just right. taking everything. It's my show. <laughs> no, e- um, Evil J taking over next week. That's right. I'm going to have a goatee. I'm going to go down to the goatee <laughs> next week and everything, just like in the the mirror universe. It's going to be me running the show with the kids next week. So, uh, yeah, I'll make sure you get me your picks uh, and. Uh, It'll be fun. Yeah, certainly looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, everybody uh, enjoy your football tomorrow, week one, the rest of week one. And oh, I, the one thing I definitely will miss is not uh, doing overreaction theater with you next week and, and going off of all the week one results and saying, oh, what's wrong with this team? How could they lose to this team? So it's going to be the oh, hand-wringing trying to pick week two. Ah. <laughs> the hardest week in the NFL to pick. Yeah, because you don't know what to believe with, with week one. Yeah. You don't know what you just saw, and you don't know what which way to go. So. And uh, so, yeah, it means we'll be uh, you'll be back two weeks from now on the 25th uh, for our our week three uh, football party, and I will get to hear all about uh, how much uh, how much your trip sucked, but you really had a good time. I told you, it's, it's nothing but rain in the forecast, so yeah. we're going to be sitting there indoors for six days at these two different resorts. <laughs> yeah. And you're and, already you know, telling me how much you're going to hate it, but you're going to have a great time. No, it gets better. They, uh, My wife sent me uh, some of the literature from one of the resorts, and they're talking about all these uh, um, modifications and uh, different ways that they do things differently now in the COVID era. So there's uh, all these buffets are shut down. All these uh, areas that you used to be able to go to are shut down. The gyms are shut down. Um, You can't get on the elevator with different uh, groups from, you know, from different families, whatever. One family gets to go up on the elevator and they, all the other families have to wait 
and get on one at a time, only one party at a time. But he said, yeah, this is going to suck, and we're going to have a great time. I'm already calling it. We're already – I don't even know what the airport situation is going to be like. I've never flown internationally before. I have yeah. no idea how any of this is going to work. Um, I, don't, I don't know how to convert my dollars into pesos, the tip the, the, the drivers. I don't know anything about any of this. This is all going to be the uh, first time for me. I'm nervous and excited and going to throw up and get angry and have a great time all at the same time. Well, it's Mexico, so any money that you take with you, you'll already be a one percenter by the time you land at the airport. <laughs> oh, man. What? Just leave it to you. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. <laughs> You never come uh, back. I totally understand. You can be a kingpin. I can't believe how much I can get for my dollar down there. Wait a minute. I, uh, I landed with $600 in cash. I have 42 billion pesos. <laughs> this is great. I can't believe it. I just it. bought Guadalajara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what? I, I won't, there won't be anything else to do. That's all I can do is go down there and That's buy right. things. I can't actually party and, and enjoy the uh, the resorts the way we're supposed to. We're so going to have masks one, and, one, and all 1% that. 1% Dre. <laughs> That's right. 1%. All right. Get ready for football tomorrow, and you have a, a load of fun with uh, with the kiddies oh. next week. I'm <laughs> I'll sure just you wait. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> when you get back, you'll listen to that and uh, – I don't even know what they're going to say. They're going to have some rules. I'm going to, you know, make sure that there's, you know, like, guys, don't please don't talk about, like, poop or anything, you know. <laughs> Boogers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anything else they want to bring up or talk about that, that that's football related or, you know, they'll have fun. I'm sure they'll have fun. And you just make sure you don't hit the wrong buttons on the uh, on the board. Don't look for the whistle and accidentally hit. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, you can't be doing that. Uh. Uh. What's this? Yeah, if I, there's any drops, I don't quite know what they are. I will stay away from those. Yeah, just stay away. Yeah, you don't know I'm gonna what have that to means. make sure. Uh, middle of the week, I'm planning on actually on my day off actually going back in logging so I can remember how to even log into the board and oh yeah um, and and how it works to actually like set the show up and schedule it so I I'll I'll take care of all of that this week I actually have it scheduled for you but ah, everything okay. else you you're, you're going to have to take care of yourself but I actually already scheduled okay sounds good I'll put the description in and everything too it's the hostile yeah. takeover that's what that's what it's going to be <laughs> There you go. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been the week one edition 2021 in much less detail of the podcast. Football is back in full effect tomorrow. The big schedule, three games, and then the Monday nighter. Everybody enjoy the return of football. And Jay and the Cute Factors will be back with you next weekend to recap what happened in their special way and make the picks for week two. So they will talk to you next Saturday.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.